coming this November. From the network that brings you the pub trivia experience, boozy bracketology, and frenemy trivia, a new word game podcast that promises to entertain you in 30 words or less, or it's free, Verboten. Listen in every Tuesday as two teams of competitors square off to try to prove that they have the best words. They'll be joined by our host, the hardest working woman in trivia, Jay Borsum of Liquid Courage Entertainment. In round one, our players will have to prove their word association skills. In round two, their memory will be tested. And in round three, they'll have to untangle the clues that Jay herself has to offer. No two clues will be alike, because on this show, repeating yourself is strictly verboten. Coming soon to the PTE Network. Jay, which member of the original six that uses red and white as their colors has won 45.8% of their Stanley Cup appearances, the most recent win being in 2008? Oh, that's so long ago. That's got to be the Detroit Red Wings. That's correct. Sam, who wrote the novel The Big Short, which was turned into a movie of the same name in 2015? Michael Lewis. That's correct. Scott, a breed of hare is the national animal for what country whose national flower is the shamrock? Ireland. That's correct. Alan, which of the seven wonders of the ancient world was the smallest? The Sphinx. Uh, The Statue of Zeus at Olympia. Jay. What multi-platform web browser that uses an O as its logo was released in 1995 by its namesake company running on a proprietary engine called Presto until it switched to Chromium slash Blink in 2013? I see what you're doing already. Uh, Opera. That's correct. Sam, which member of the original six that uses red, white, and blue as their colors has won 70.6% of their Stanley Cup appearances, the most recent win being in 1993? Uh, Montreal Canadiens. That's correct. Scott, according to the Office of Weights and Measures, what is the SI base unit of thermodynamic temperature? Um, um, the British thermal unit? Sorry, it's Kelvin. Alan, which ship whose name comes from the Greek word meaning sailor is the domain of Captain Nemo in an 1870 novel by Jules Verne? Nautilus. That's correct. Jay, Sam Reich, CEO of CH Media and host of Game Changer, is the son of Robert Reich, who worked in four presidential administrations, including serving under Clinton, as the secretary of which department? Let's say commerce. Sorry, it's labor. Sam, Choose Your Fighter by Ava Max is featured on the soundtrack for which 2023 movie, which just surpassed Marvel's Avengers to become the 11th highest grossing domestic film of all time? Ugh. I don't uh... I don't know, but so so I'll say Barbie. Barbie's correct. Okay. Scott, which member of the original six that uses blue, red, and white as their colors has won 36.4% of their Stanley Cup appearances, the most recent win being in 1994? I have no idea. That would be the New York Rangers. Alan, what character on Stranger Things has the real given name of Jane? Eleven. That's correct. Jay, what song is featured in the opening credits of the movie Deadpool? Oh, it's, um, Angel of the Morning. That's correct. Sam, who is the only sitting vice president since Martin Van Buren to be elected to the presidency? Uh, George Bush. That's correct. Scott, despite its name being actual brassica plant, the Americanized version of what spicy condiment is mostly horseradish, mustard, and food dye? I have no idea. 
It's a uh, wasabi. Alan. Which member of the original six that uses red, black, and white as their colors has won 46.2% of their Stanley Cup appearances, the most recent win being in 2015? Red, black, white. Bruins? Sorry, it's Chicago Blackhawks. Uh. And that brings us to our Revenge of the Frenemies round. We've asked your runners-up to provide a question for you. You will have a little more time to work these out, and they will be worth 200 points. So, Jay, this one comes from James Key. American folk rock duo Simon and Garfunkel had minor success as teenagers with the song Hey School Girl, performing under what alternate name that is shared with an iconic cartoon duo? Were they originally known as Tom and Jerry? They were. Sam, your question from Leah Friedman. What would you call a guy who that thinks he's fly and is also known as a busta? He's always talking about what he wants and just sits on his broke ass. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. Uh, that's a scrub. That is a scrub. Scott, your question from Will Eveland. Which 1980s movie creature's appearance was inspired by Albert Einstein, Carl Sandburg, and Ernest Hemingway? E.T. That's correct. And Alan, your question from Donald Fuller. In Full House, what was Uncle Jesse's last name originally? Uh, I'll only know him at but I don't think that's right. Katsopolis uh, is what it was changed to at the beginning of season two, but it was originally Cochran. And at the end of the hot seat round, Jay has 500, Sam has 600, Scott has 300, and Alan has 200. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia. First was the hot seat round. Each player received five questions worth 100 points each. Next, teams will be randomized with their hot seat scores combined and 1,000 points added to each team. Teams will receive up to four sets of three questions. Each team will answer the same questions and wager 100, 200, or 300 points on their confidence. They will gain or lose their wager based on whether they get it right or not. They will also bet those same values on how difficult they think it will be for their opponents. If their opponent gets it correct, they lose their wager. But if their opponent gets it wrong, they will win their bet. After four sets of questions or when a team runs out of points, the first round will end with the team with fewer points being eliminated. At this point, the friends become the enemies. The remaining team will divide whatever points they have left and play again against each other with the same rules. In this round, locking in an answer will trigger a 30 second timer for the other player to register their answer. After four sets of questions or when a player runs out of points, we will crown this week's Frenemy Champion. Now, let's start the show. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia, where friends quickly become enemies. I'm your host, Brittany Shaw, and tonight we are kicking off our Tournament of Frenemies. And if these names sound familiar, it's because these lovely lady and gentlemen have been crowned Best Frenemy of the Week in one of our first 16 episodes. And joining me to run this inaugural tournament is my co-host and best frenemy, the Knievel to my evil, Tim Dipple. Tim, how are you doing? What you drinking? Brittany, I'm doing great, I guess. I am fighting a toothache and Aww. faulty internet 
and all sorts of fun things today. Um, but I'm still going to be drinking and I'm kicking this tournament of frenemies off with a shot of Jameson stout edition, uh, out of my liquid courage entertainment shot glass. I would say liquid courage, not a sponsor could be, but they are a sponsor. You'll hear them later. So (laughs) cheers. Well, they say whiskey is good for toothaches or at least they used to. And as far as drinking most of the night, Dirtbag Ales, the IPA, it's a local brewery from Fayetteville, North, or from Hope Mills, North Carolina. Uh, I love their IPA. It's just a nice, regular old IPA. Uh, so. Well popped. And I am ready to kick this tournament off. It's going to be a great time. We've been building towards this and uh it marks the end of our first season so it's exciting yeah i'm excited i'm like a little terrified of how it's gonna go because these people know our bullshit and uh they willingly came back so (laughs) uh so yeah i'm a little bit nervous but i'm super excited to see how this goes uh but let's go ahead and meet today's players you heard them in the hot seat first off in Chicagoland, Illinois. It is Jay Borsum. Jay, welcome back. How you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider to be your frenemy? Uh, at least one of those is a loaded question after that uh, hot seat. Tim, I, I'm looking at you right now. I know what you did. I know what you continue to do. And I know what you're going to do. Uh, I'm doing great. I was watching Bluey. 30 minutes ago, which is the best way to spend a Tuesday night. Uh, apologies to the podcast because you're the second best way to spend a Tuesday night by by process elimination. Uh, tonight, I am drinking Coke and Siesta Key, and I am all out of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we really deconstructed that rum and Coke for you. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a temporal element to it. Uh, as far as who my best, who my frenemy is... Um, Let's see, I've picked on Tim already. Brittany, you are somehow immune to shame, so it can't be you. Uh, you know what? And three people on this recording will understand. The early Catholic Church. That's fair. The uh, the Falloki the ones? Oh, damned if I know. Look, it's either one thing or it's three things. It can't be both. That's not how things work. Well, that's true. Uh, things are definitely definite things unless they're indefinite or intangible or, you know, figures. So, <laughs> but it is wonderful to have you back. Uh, you are actually our first three-peat uh, guest. So welcome back to your uh, third appearance. And thank you for coming back after, you know, already being here twice. So, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, as Tim alluded to, I already sponsored the show. So you might as well get me on until I win one. <laughs> well you you did win one by virtue right. of you being here so uh but so i appreciate you coming back after you won one but let's uh let's move over to los gatos california where we join sam stapleton sam welcome back how you doing what you drinking and who would you consider your friend of me today uh well thanks for having me back first of all um this is was a lot of fun last time happy to be back um uh, i am doing pretty good i'm sitting in my backyard enjoying kind of a nice early fall evening regretting it a little bit because i've got a gnat in my face that won't go away but uh but that's okay um i for this occasion made myself an old-fashioned um with 
using Four Roses Small Batch Kentucky Whiskey, um, which uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, and Frenemy, well, I, I, you know, I will have to go with Leah Friedman for, uh, for that uh, Scrubs question. Friend, definitely friend, because she gave me a one that I, I, I knew cold, which is great. But enemy, because she's kind of implying that I'm a bit of a scrub. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit of both. Well, you don't appear to be hanging out the side of your best friend's ride. So uh, <laughs> I think you might be safe from being a scrub, but we'll see. Uh, we are going to move back across the country to the East Coast now. Uh, to Westport, Connecticut, where we join Scott Brill. Scott, welcome back. How you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your friend of me? Uh, well, thanks for having me back. I am uh, thrilled to be back. I had such a fun time the first time, really did. And uh, and thanks, Will, out there for the question uh, for ET. That was a nice question. Um, yeah, no, I'm doing fine. And um, as we know from other things, I'm kind of a teetotaler. So I'm going to be the designated driver tonight. I'm just drinking Pepsi Cola in my official Abbott and Costello, who's on first glass, my favorite glass in the universe. Um, and so that's important. And and as Tim knows well, my frenemy is um, an actor who appeared in probably the best hour of television in certainly our lifetime, uh, Nick Offerman, who uh, <laughs> came literally out of my ass <laughs> with <laughs> half a second stare, uh, thinking of his name on my last podcast. But I, he, he's both a friend and an enemy because <laughs> I've heard nothing but shit about it that, uh, you know, that I, uh, but uh, that was truly a miraculous thing. But, uh, and thank you, Megan Mullally, his wife, for being the clue in my brain that put me, put it together in my head. <laughs> years of will and grace watching will and grace paid off oh that is still a highlight moment of the season for us so uh i think last time you were here you had declared ian mckellen your frenemies i was expecting that yeah. again. so you caught me off so, guard with nick offerman well, yeah well ian is still on the list and he knows why okay <laughs> well that's awesome and uh well chosen and excited to see if you have another moment tonight and Get a new frenemy out of it. So, uh, but before we get to that, let's meet our fourth guest, Alan Chrysell in Jacksonville, Florida. Welcome back, Alan. How you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider to be your frenemy? Uh, I'm doing well. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, I am drinking a Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA, Hazy Imperial IPA. So 9.5% alcohol. Let's see how that works out. Oh, that was weak. That is that one of my pop. absolute favorite beers. It's a good beer, but we'll see how it goes. And my friend of me is my little brother because that's just how sibling relationships work. Yeah, uh, I think it was uh, Lauren and John who were talking about, you know, who who a better friend of me than your sibling? Constantly rooting for your demise, but out of love. So. <laughs> what was that? How that's supposed to go? Um. It depends on your sibling, I guess. Cause yeah, the mileage is going to vary on that, I, was I like, promise I was you. like, yeah, your mileage definitely varies. So, uh, But as far as what I am drinking, I am drinking tonight a uh, beer from Off Color Brewing in Chicago. Uh, and it is the Dino S'mores Imperial Marshmallow Stout. So, Jay looks a little jealous. 
Oh, it's because historically when Brittany buys s'mores-based beer, she brings me some, and I don't have that one yet. Well, I wanted to be sure that it was a good one, and it's a good one, so... You I'll know, see you here in about 15 up. minutes, yeah. Well, I probably should stick around for the recording, um, but you know, I mean... I'm already getting covered for one quiz tonight. Why not get covered for the second one, right? <laughs> oh, we'll cut, we'll cut the delay out and post. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, that was but... one of the best can openings, though, that we've had in a long time. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that that opened really it well. Had, so it had breath. It had sound. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. So It's like a Foley artist was opening a can. It was very amazing. How long would it take to get some of that here? I mean, depends on if they sell it on Drizzly, I guess, because that's a service that does not sponsor us, but could. I live in the Bible Belt. We don't get Drizzly here. But enough about me and what I'm drinking and what names I call people when they're not around. Uh, I am actually going to throw it to Tim for this first round because we're shaking it up a little bit in our tournament and we're going to take turns hosting So I hosted the hot seat and you'll get me back as host in the head-to-head round. But to determine who will play in that round, take it away, Tim. Yeah, so our game today is going to be the matchup of Jay and Alan against Scott and Sam. Let's start with Jay and Alan. You're going to start with 1,700 points. And what team name have you decided for yourselves? Uh, Alan didn't type fast enough, so I took it as an opportunity to get some shameless self-promotion in. Uh, Alan, I only know in the context of like the trivia space because he was sweet uh, recently and decided to join the World Trivia Federation, which I'm sure your listeners are sick to death of hearing at this point. Uh, So I suggested the name WTF is going on. Team WTF is going on. We'll be starting with 1,700 points, like I said, and... Team Scott and Sam, you're going to start with 1,900 points, a strong showing in the hot seat round. Uh, What team name did you decide for yourselves? Look at the bones. (laughs) Nasty, big, pointy teeth. The Killer Rabbit is who we are. Team Killer Rabbit. Like I said, you're going to start with 1,900 points as you take on Team WTF is going on. And we are going to get started with this team round. And our first three categories of the evening are in Close Your Eyes and Count, which is a religion and mythology question. The Best Part of Waking Up, which is a science question. And Good Morning, allegedly, which is a geography question. So go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. Yes, Tim, I have both teams' wagers. Our first question comes courtesy of Will Eveland in the category of Close Your Eyes and Count, a religion and mythology question. During the 18th dynasty of the ancient Egyptian timeline, which deity was made the only god to be acknowledged under the reign of Amenhotep IV? The deity was worshipped as a solar deity and was represented by the sun disk and reaching rays of light. If this deity was a contestant at a dog show, it would most likely receive a perfect score. Sam, what do you think? I, I think we'll lock in. Yeah, just go ahead and lock yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah, we'll lock it in. Is that what we do? I forget what we do. Is that what we say? <laughs> yeah, just one of you says locked in. So, Team Killer Rabbits is locked in. 
team WTF is going on, go ahead and talk out your thoughts here. There, there's some words in this question. I can tell you that much. Lots of them. Yeah, I recognize up to four of them at this point. Um, so the Egyptian mythology is is uh, my worst mythology, Alan. I think it's come mm-hmm. up on, on podcasts before. It is a it is an Achilles heel uh, for me, which I know because Greek mythology is a better mythology for me. Um, so at this point, I've got nothing in the way of thunder. So I'm I'm stuck looking at the pair of really silly clues that are in here between the category name uh, and that added in thing about the, uh, the dog show. So I kind of want to just invent a name and hope. Does that make sense? (laughs) Close your eyes and count contestant, like a perfect score. Here's where my weird head is working. Like Mm -hmm. if you said, and I have no idea if this is even a thing, bear with me. But if you said the name Basten in one way, it sounds like Bas as in sheep and 10 as in a number you would count for, you know, you know, sheep counting to go to sleep. If you said it another way, it would be uh, Bestin, which is something you would expect oh, to hear at a dog show. I have no sheep. idea if this is a thing. It probably isn't. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm weaving out of nothingness here. Do you have anything? Um, no, I like your Bestin or Boston or whatever guest that you said there, because that is definitely a dog show thing. And I guess boss 10 could be a Egyptian deity, I guess. So yeah, with, with, with lack of anything else. Like, I think there's a deity whose name is like Bastet, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that's even right. And it sounds really close to the thing that we're trying to invent. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. Uh, yeah. It sounds like we're going on a wing and a prayer for sure. Um, yeah, go with whatever you feel. Cause like you have no thunder. I have even less thunder. Oh, heckin' crap. You would throw this on me. Uh, close your eyes and count. Is it Metallica? No. Uh, well, it's not hath sheep. So that wasn't a deity. Mm-mm. Although it says sheep in there and then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Here's, here's the fun I get to have this entire episode is, is, Britney's brain and reverse engineering it. Uh, best, best in. Why not? We'll lock it in. Team WTF is going on. Locks in with Basten. Team Killer Rabbit. What did you say here? Well, I think Sam would agree. We we had a we had a similar reading of the question, and that that the, the was the dog show part of it that kind of threw us for a loop, right, Sam? Yeah, we were we immediately as soon as you said yeah. sun god in Egypt, we we're like, oh well, that's this is what it is. And then the dog show thing was like, wait, what is that? And and then I think we right. without saying it, like, collectively said, screw it, and just said, let's pick and let's. Our... So we're we're gonna go with uh, Ra, R A Ra. But I do like the best in logic. That sounds actually right. Yeah, I liked all that other stuff. Though, yeah. <laughs> Look, I like the fact that your thing's a thing. <laughs> yeah. The sun god. Team Killer Rabbit locks in with Ra. Uh, so, uh, Team Killer Rabbit, what did you wager for yourself and your opponents here? Yeah, we did 300 for ourselves, uh, which in retrospect seems like quite the mistake, um, and 200 for them. And what about Team WTF is going on? 
I think we said 100 for ourselves and 200 for our opponents. Yep. Okay. Well, there was some good thought process processes going here. Uh, Ra is a sun god in Egyptian mythology. Um, I think at one point Ra was changed to Amun-Ra, uh, but that's not the answer here either. Uh, Bastet is a uh, Egyptian god, but what they are the god of escapes me at the moment. I think Bastet is the hardest. That might be. Uh, but if the deity was a contestant in the dog show, it might receive a 10. A-T-E-N is Aten. the answer. Aten. Um, and uh, just some flavor text from Will on this one who wrote this, and including the clue category. Will wrote the whole thing. Uh, so there was a young, so Amenhotep the fourth changed the main god of Amun-Ra to Aten when he took the throne. Um, and uh, it only lasted for a few years, but that was the main god of Egypt while Amenhotep was the ruler, was Aten, so, who was another sun god. Uh, so thank you to Will for that one. And like bragging on him totally here, that was the first trivia question he's ever written. And it was a very solid question and i was, was proud of him for it agreed nicely good one. done uh, yeah. i hate wrote, you but nicely done <laughs> he wrote that et question because he thought that might be too hard for your hot seat and i was like do you mind if i use it in the main game and he was like no so <laughs> uh so uh thank you so much to will for sending that one in and good job with the writing so Brittany, what did that do to the scores oh yeah that's the part you actually wanted me to talk about uh, the rest is just me vamping. Usually. Uh, so with those wagers that we had, uh, WTF is going on, is picking up 100 points. Ooh, failed successfully. <laughs> Killer rabbits are losing 100 points, which means we enter question two with a tie ball game. Don't think about it as failing successfully. Think about it as knowing they were going to be worse than you. Which sounds like failing successfully to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Our second question is in the category of the best part of waking up, which is a science question. Droplet, rock, caliche, soil, and sand are the five types of what mineral commonly called fossilized lightning. The mineral is often studied in the field of paleo lightning, which looks for indicators of past lightning strikes. We're going to lock in. Team Killer Rabbits is locked in. Team WTF is going on. Go ahead and talk out your thoughts. Um, okay, so the question asked about past lightning strikes. Jay asked me, what's that glass that gets formed when lightning hits? And I'm like, well, there was a story a few months back. I was down in somewhere down in South Florida where they were like, oh, we were looking at a tree. And they're like, oh, well, it's probably this. And I want to say the word. I looked it up then. Because I was like, that's a very strange word. And I said, yeah, pretty sure this is fulgurite or fulgurite, or which goes up the best part of waking up. Fulgers. Duh. It's, yeah, fulgurite. So, yeah, we locked in with fulgurite or fulgurite, whatever. Yeah. Big old energy on that we there, Ellen. Nice job. WTF is going on locks in with fulgurite. And uh, Team Killer Rabbits, what did you say here? Well, I'll also use the uh royal we. <laughs> Yeah, Doug, Doug, yeah, Doug. Scott can say I locked in, meaning him. 
locked in Fulgurite because my response, well, he said, I think Fulgurite. And I said, lock it in. I got nothing. I have no, I have no <laughs> thoughts on this. Uh, so. Yeah, the Folgers in your cup kind of rung in my head. And I heard of this thing called Fulgurite or Fulgurite. So we went with Fulgurite. All right. And Team WTF is going on. What did you wager here? Uh, 300 on ourselves and 100 on our opponents. And what about the killer rabbits? The killer rabbit. Uh, 200 on ourselves and 300 on them. By the okay. way, uh, complete side note. Every time you say killer rabbit, I know that our team name is a Monty Python reference, but I can't stop thinking killer rabbit tricks are for kids. <laughs> it's, uh, not available in this and most markets but yeah. it, work, it works in multiple dimensions that's awesome Brittany didn't you tell me a tricks joke the other day I probably did oh I can't remember what it was now um, oh, the number of jokes well, well, I tell in a day <laughs> is too damn high what is Obi-Wan's favorite breakfast cereal Jedi mind tricks. Jedi mind tricks. Nice. Yes. All right. Hold on. Let me get the rum bottle again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the puns that drive Jay to the siesta key. It's a rich tapestry of bullshit. All right. <laughs> anyway, both teams picked up on the clue. The best part of waking up is fulgurite in your cup. Uh, I realized a little too late. We should have just called this why you want to marry me anyway. Uh, make it a little bit more obscure with a Sweet Home Alabama reference. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I couldn't remember if. Yeah, I'll be honest. I can't remember if that's what they actually called it in the movie. I knew that it was uh, glass captured, but this is a lot less smooth than glass. So I went with the Folgers clue because I thought it was pronounced Folgerite. So uh, sorry for just reading words and not hearing them said out loud, but both teams weren't thrown by it. They in fact picked it up. Uh, what WTF is going on is picking up 200 points off of their wager and killer rabbit is losing a hundred going into question three. And question three is in the category of good morning, allegedly, which is a geography question. Despite being nicknamed the queen city, what Midwestern city is actually named for a Roman who assumed the role of dictator twice in his life, but upon completing his duties, relinquished his title both times? When George Washington did the same, he was often compared to this statesman. Uh, we're locked in. Uh, it looks like Killer Rabbit is locked in. So once again, WTF is going on. Talk out your thoughts. I, I have thoughts and they're sending me all kinds of ways. Uh, Cause isn't the, isn't a queen city, Charlotte, North Carolina, Alan, am, am it, I wrong on that? It is, I, it's not it the is. answer here, but no, but yes, I've heard that referred to as the queen city. Although if you look at what I sent you, I guess right at the same time they were locking in, I believe that this is Cincinnati, Ohio named after Cincinnatus. I, I ain't mad at that. That was maybe fourth on my list of things I was going to say in order, Charlotte, which I knew was wrong, Baltimore, which I knew was wrong, Cicero, Illinois, which I'm pretty sure Tim had never heard of. And then whatever you said. So uh, yeah, let's lock in with Cincinnati. That sounds honestly, uh, that's ringing some bells. Now you bring it up. All right. Team WTF is going on locks in Cincinnati team killer rabbit. What did you say here? 
Um, we we got Cincinnati right away. We like the Queen City, Cincinnati thought of it immediately. Um, so Cincinnati. Both teams locking in with Cincinnati. Killer Rabbit, what did you wager here for yourself and WTF? Uh, we got, that's a good question. It was 100 for us and uh, 100 for them. And what about Team WTF is going on? What did you wager here? Uh, we put 200 ourselves and had to stick the 300 somewhere for them. Okay. Um, yes, Charlotte is called the Queen City, uh, but there is a bit of a rivalry between Charlotte and Cincinnati over which one is truly called the Queen City. Um, I believe Cincinnati calls it that just because they're like a crown jewel in their minds, whereas Charlotte is actually named for a queen. Um, but yes, yeah, Cincinnati is named for, as uh, I think Alan said, Cincinnatus, um, who was called to the role of dictator in ancient Rome. And then when he finished his role, he stepped down and gave up power, despite the fact that he could have easily seized it, uh, which is why George Washington drew, grew, uh, which is why George Washington drew comparisons to him. Cool. Um, and I'm going to feel real dumb if I say this and I'm wrong, but uh, pretty sure I got this from WTF for the clue. But uh, what state is is a uh, good morning in Japanese? Ohio. <laughs> it is Ohio, but <laughs> it is yeah, Ohio. I read that as, as good morning, Baltimore. I Oh, yeah. No, this is good morning, to engineer. I'm like, no, it wasn't Good Morning Cincinnati. It was WKRP in Cincinnati. What the hell does Good Morning mean in this? Yeah, uh, it meant uh, Japanese for uh, Good Morning. And then I said allegedly because no one would say it was a good morning in Ohio. No one. So, um, uh, but it was a good time for our uh, players as they both got that one right. Uh, WTF is going on is actually losing a hundred points on that one with the wagers, whereas Killer Rabbit pushed their points, meaning as we leave section one and enter section two, WTF is going on, has 1,900 points, and Killer Rabbit have 1,700. A bit of a role reversal from the beginning. Our categories for section two are Das Auto, which is a fashion question, don't get them wet, which is a literature question, and are you winning, son? Which is a sports question. Go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. I'd be in a bubble bath right now. I mean, just as a general policy, I could always be in a bubble bath right now. I mean, you work from home; you can take a bubble bath whenever you want. That's the beauty of it. Don't you work from home? Yes, but like. I have like a set schedule and not like a, I work the hours that I want to. Ah. See, what you have to do is you have to gaslight an entire community and thinking you work really, really hard when secretly you just watch Bluey in the bathtub all the time. <laughs> and we cough up our money. I'm worth the nickel a day. As a reminder, you can join the WTF for as little as $2 a month, but it's worth way more, so we highly encourage you, if you can do so, to join at a higher tier. As a general rule, I edit out everything between go ahead and send Brittany your wagers and Brittany saying, Tim, I have the wagers. 
Oh, good. Let me tell you who I hate in the trivia world real quick. It's a list I have it alphabetized. <laughs> oh, good. I'll know, I'll know real quick if I'm on that list or not. So, Tim, I have both teams' wagers. Okay, Brittany. So let's jump into question one in the category of Das Auto, which is a fashion question. Which British fashion designer is largely credited with bringing modern punk and new wave fashions into the mainstream? Her designs have been worn by Dita Von Teis and Dua Lipa and were featured in the film's adaptation of Sex and the City, and she shares her initials with another famous designer. Okay, we'll lock in. Team WTF is going on has locked in. Go ahead and talk out your thoughts, Killer Rabbit. I'm not sure we have any. I don't think we do. Um, I mean, you know, I years of watching Absolutely Fabulous has done nothing to help me answer this question. Um, uh, and, uh, oh boy, uh, you know, I, it, the Das Auto thing is, I think we're, again, we're kind of fixed on that, and I'm sure it has something to do with getting us the right answer. Uh, and of course, one of the only women British fashion designers I can immediately think of is Stella McCartney. I'm not saying that's our answer, but, um, you know, at least she is a female <laughs> British fashion designer, <laughs> uh, as opposed to Boston, who, who knows what that was. Uh, uh, we're not, at least we're not making up names. Uh, but, um, but I think it's someone more modern than that. And that may be why I'm, stuck because i uh absolutely fabulous stopped making movies and stuff like 10 years ago so um yeah i mean uh, my my thought is i mean i you know scott came up with stella mccartney as a as a british designer i i was trying we're trying to think about how that link comes together the the dos auto is the thing i'm trying to key in on like it it feels like and, like and, and, I, and, maybe I'm, like and maybe my that. trivia is wrong, but isn't Das Auto like? Is that Volkswagen? Is that is that what that is? Or no? What is? I, I thought that was. It, I thought that means the people's car, or something like that. No, no, it does. No, it absolutely does. But I thought one of their one of their slogans in the commercials was Das Auto, the the car, uh, and because it's German for the car. Oh <laughs> you know, wait, I'm pretty okay, sure. Wait. So so yeah. yeah, so that takes German. you to Vera oh, Wang. VW takes you to Vera Wang. Oh Vera Wang. Uh, oh, you are brilliant. I'm. Uh, I, I defer to Sam. I, I'm a well, gay wait. man who loves fashion, but I defer to Sam. I'm going to go. Oh, hey, and wait, uh, wait, wait, but wait, yes. Wait, oh, wait. but but it's hey, someone with the same initials. So maybe Vera designer. Wang and someone else have the same initials. Yeah, that's the other designer, probably. Um, right. So we have um, a, we have a VW. Uh, yes. And and You're and good. a VW that's probably not Vera Wang. <laughs> right. But uh, well. Well, since we, I think Vera Wang is going to be the only VW designer we're even going to come close to naming. I, I but Vera nothing, Wang, I, Vera I don't Wang. think Vera Wang is British, though. I'm, I, I don't think no, she is. No, I don't is. think she is either. I think, I think she's the oh. other designer in this in this. Oh, course. for God's sakes. Who is this person? Velma. No, I have no. <laughs> Velma Walnut. Um, <laughs> you know, the famous 
Velma Walnut. 60 seconds ago, I got called out for Boss 10. I just want everyone <laughs> to hear it. Uh-huh. You sure did. You're, you know how to tell I time. would be... The, the, um, the greatest triumph of our lives would be if Velma Walnut was the correct response. Velma Walnut was the right answer. No. <laughs> you know, I... We're, well... We're going to have I, we, we, I, Vera Wang is the closest we're going to get because at least it is what we're thinking of the VW thing. So you want to go with that, Sam? I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not I, I don't think it's right, but it's at least it's a VW. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. that fits what we're talking about. So, yeah, I'm for, yeah, that's I'm for what we're going to go. Yep. Yeah, Vera Wang. Lock it in. Killer Rabbit locks in with Vera Wang. Team WTF is going on. What were your thoughts here? Okay, so Jay messaged me immediately, Vera oh. Wang or another VW, and oh, I thought, for God's well, because I remember this person passing away late last year, I said, is Vivian Westwood a thing? That's what, yep. And Jay goes, might be, doesn't look unfamiliar, so also Vera Wang, I'm pretty certain, is definitely not British. Um, so we went with Vivian Westwood. And Scott, did you circle around there can finally? I, can I interject here? I just watched the absolutely fabulous episode yesterday. It was the very first episode. It's called Fashion is the name of it. And she has the famous line, I will be forever known for the person uh, for putting Princess Margaret in a Vivian Westwood bosque. And I, that's my favorite line of the show. And I don't know how I missed this question. <laughs> I feel like I let Sam Welcome down. To trivia. My gay credit is out the window. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. For, for the record, I've never heard of Vivian Westwood, so I feel nothing about this. Like as as a toddler trans, my shit comes from like Walmart and Amazon. So, <laughs> uh, Team WTF, what did you wager on yourselves and your opponents here? Uh, we wagered one hundred and three hundred. And what about Team Killer Rabbit? I think we did the same 100 for ourselves, 300 for them. I still think it should have been Velma Walnut, but that's okay. Well, Velma Walnut is definitely a title, uh, episode title contender. Um, but yeah, it the answer here is, in fact, Vivian Westwood. Motherfucker. Uh, as Scott realized about five seconds too late. <laughs> I thought he was going to pull a Scott and actually get there. I was, uh, I I I was listening the whole Scott time. I'm like, they're, they've got nothing. They've got nothing. Shit, they're starting to get something. Ooh, they're overconfident. Crap, they figured out that that's only half of it. Okay, Velma Walnut, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do think, I do think yeah. Vivian Westwood is probably Scott's new friend of me, though. That's, that's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she... She can't it. fight back, so yeah. I, I was I was gonna say, R.I.P. Um, Furious, but myself. yeah, no that that one was a uh, one that I ran at my cozy quiz live game last week, and I had a team that asked me who put so we I had several teams put Vera Wang, and I had a team that asked me, well, what if we put a different fashion designer that had VW? Like if we just said VW, does that count? I was like, no, by that logic, I'd have to give you credit for Volkswagen. So, <laughs> so, so uh, I'm glad you both both teams picked up on why the clue was Das Auto for um, for the category. But uh, we had a little bit of a swing there, Tim, because I think you're about to ask me about points. So I'm just going to talk over you. Um, 
We had a little bit of a swing there because Team WTF is going on, picked up 400 points, where Team Killer Rabbit lost 400 points on that one for an 800-point total swing. And we are no stranger to 800-point swings here at Frenemy, so it can still go either way. Can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. go for it. Is that bad? <laughs> We've it's had 1,000-point swings before? Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. great. Not terrible, you know. It can uh, just as easily swing the other way. Well, our second question is in the category of don't get them wet, a literature question. What children's book by Roald Dahl features Gus and of uh, what children's book by Roald Dahl features Gus, a Royal Air Force pilot during World War II, whose plane is destroyed over the English Channel by mischievous titular creatures that he then convinces to join the British in the fight against Hitler and the Nazis? The book was first published by Walt Disney and is currently published by Dark Horse Comics. We're locked in, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Killer Rabbit is locked in. WTF is going on. Go ahead and talk it out again. So, this vaguely rings something in my brain, um, only because of the clue maybe leading me that way, but Don't Get Them Wet is obviously a Gremlins reference. Mm -hmm. We both agreed on that pretty quickly. So... But as far as the title of the doll book, I this storyline is not one that I'm familiar with in the doll oeuvre, so I, I don't know if the title is just The Gremlins. Honestly, I have no idea. I know it's not James and the Giant Peach. I know it's not the BFG. Uh, right. Insert title of third Roald Dahl book here. I think you should go with Charlie um, and the Chocolate Factory and lock it in. Uh, we are decidedly not going to do that. <laughs> no, that was Violet Beauregard, not uh, exactly Velma Walnut. <laughs> Who may or may not have been a Nazi. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have a better answer than the gremlins. Sure. Cause I mean, it says the, you know, by the mischievous title creatures, plural. So yeah. Yeah. And it, that vibes to me very hard of like that old twilight zone Shatner episode. It's something on the wing. So. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. So we, you want to log in? Yeah. We're either right or close. So. It, uh, we're locking with the gremlins. Team WTF is going on locks it with the gremlins killer rabbit what did you say well we had a similar thought process and it, it happened and so uh, i do believe that i'm a librarian by the way so if i get this wrong the whole the whole world will know um i do believe his one of his early books was called the gremlins i'm pretty sure and the gremlins was the name that was given to little like we all know that bugs bunny cartoon where there's the little guys the gremlin in the plane um they were called gremlins during the uh, during the second world war so i believe the book is called the gremlins i'd also like to state for the record that scott's being very charitable saying it was our thought process considering our entire <laughs> our entire chat was scott saying i think it's called the gremlins and i wrote better than any guess i would have so and that was the end of our conversation uh it's it's super fun that both teams are claiming that one person is carrying the weight uh because eventually you're in the chats tim it's not a claim you 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 have to go against each other you can see it live as it's happening i think i think, I think jay and i should just go have a drink together and and scott yeah. and alan can <laughs> uh 
Killer Rabbit, what did you wager here for yourself in WTF? Oh, God, who knows? Something that's not going to help us. Um, I can't find it. Oh, uh, what is this? This is the literature one? Uh, it was 300 for us and 100 for them. Is that correct? Yep. And what about you, WTF is going on? Oh, we, we dropped said... pieces on both sides. <laughs> nice. You've been waiting on that one, haven't you? <laughs> Since episode 10, buddy. <laughs> well, Jay, uh, you will be happy to know that you actually referenced the Twilight Zone episode that this is uh, that was based on this book. Um, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet is based on the Roald Dahl book, The Gremlins. Oh, sweet. Didn't know that. Wow. I didn't know that either. Wow, that's brilliant. It'd be more embarrassing if I were a librarian, but, you know, I'll take the L. <laughs> yeah, it was published by Walt Disney because there were plans to turn it into an animated film in the 1940s. But there there was like a war happening and uh, Roald Dahl was supposed to get final say on stuff. And the RAF was like, yeah, we can't just keep sending him over there. We kind of need him for other stuff. Um I'm not familiar so, with that. What war are you re- referring to? Um, uh, this little war like, that oh, happened in the world the second time. Yeah, yeah. And as yeah. a point of clarification, before all the pedants come after me, uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet was an homage to the Gremlins. It was actually based on a short story by Richard Matheson that is called Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. Uh, you know, because there's no pedants in trivia. Yeah, no. nobody would, would post a public comment or anything pointing out a, a slight error in warning <laughs> thing in a podcast, right? Uh, no, of course not. Uh, our our listeners are all fantastic. So We love you. Um, yes, we do. Thank you very much for keeping us on the air because I don't think that's how podcast works. But, I mean, it's in air, right? I don't know. You provide our motivation to keep going. Yes. Brittany, what happened to the scores here? Uh, so, Tim, what happened to our scores there is that WTF is going on, pushed their points, and Killer Rabbits gained 200 points on that one, making up a little bit of the swing from last question. All right. Our final question in section two is in the category of Are You Winning, Son?, which is a sports question. An incredible feat, what father and son duo, who ironically played designated hitter for much of their careers, both finished with exactly 319 home runs, placing them both at 129th on the all-time list. And I do need first and last names here. I would just like to point out for our listeners the quality of the sports questions that Tim writes versus the hockey questions that I wrote for (laughs) the hot seat. Sam, you right? I think we're locked in. Yeah, yeah, lock it in. That's a killer rabbit is locked in. WTF is going on. Go ahead and talk this one out. I'm just gonna mute my microphone, Alan. This is the you show. <laughs> All right, so I want to go back to actually when we were wagering, and I said three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give away a little bit here because I did say I wanted to put 300 points on us, and Jay goes, "You vibe sports that much?" And I said, "Yes." Always. Um, I'm definitely. <laughs> so 
So as soon as you said father son duo, there you know there's a few names that that come to mind, but somewhere that fact of being exactly 319 home runs, I immediately jumped on the fielders, which would be Cecil and Prince. And Jay was like, Prince Fielder's still playing. And I'm like, I think he retired a few years ago, if not. Um, so I will say uh, Cecil and Prince Fielder. We're locked in with that. WTF is going on. Locks in with Cecil and Prince Fielder. Killer Rabbit, what did you say? Um, yeah, uh, Sam, go ahead. I, th- we, I think we kind of came to the same conclusion Um because uh, uh, he's right there's you know when you say father and son there's not a big long list of that so um we went with cecil and prince fielder both teams lock in with cecil and prince fielder uh team wtf is going on what were your wagers here oh yeah 300 for ourselves and 100 for them and what about killer rabbit uh to use jay's terminology we dropped a deuce on both <laughs> Well, well put, well put. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I was watching, it might've been maybe back at the home run derby. They were doing like a highlight reel. They were doing like interviews of past home run derby contestants or something. And Prince Fielder pointed out that strangely he has the exact same number of home runs that his father finished with, which is really weird. <laughs> um, if I had a nickel for every if I had a nickel for every time a fielder who played designated hitter uh hit 319 home runs, I'd have exactly two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's strange that it happened twice. Uh this is Cecil and Prince Fielder. Um the designated hitter ir- irony is not lost on me. Uh it was lost on me because I just said Alan, huh? If I if I had to spend more than five damn seconds on any of these questions, I might have picked up on a clever hint. And uh, officially, Prince Fielder last played in 20 or he was last cut in 2017 by the oh, Texas damn. Rangers. Oh, he last played in 2016. I didn't see anything gotcha. about official retirement, but he's gotcha. older than I am at this point, And not a lot of baseball players make it into their late 30s. All right, now to be fair, nothing has happened in the Major League Baseball since the end of the 2016 season. So how was I supposed to know? Whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. <laughs> well, I have I, number I, two to trigger you with. I wasn't aware that baseball was played in 2016. Was that, I thought there was a year off. <laughs> anyway, Brittany, what happened to the scores? What happened is I think this has turned into a sports podcast and I am completely lost. Uh, <laughs> I've but, had one of those. Yeah. Uh, but on that one, uh, Team WTF is going on. Picked up 200 points and Team Killer Rabbits pushed their points, which means we leave Section 2 with a score of 2,500 to 1,500 in favor of WTF is going on. But you and I both know this is still very much anyone's game. We head to section three where our categories are. Something terrible will happen to this hit, which is a music question. Give this man a movie or a miniseries, please, which is a history question. And then what's for, which is a theater question. Go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. 
Okay, Tim, I have both teams' wagers. All right, so our first question is in the category of something terrible will happen to this hit, which is a music question. Name this song, which spent two weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in February 1991. I paid the price to control the dice. I'm more precise to the point I'm nice. The music takes control of your heart and soul. Unfold your bodies free and a whole. Dance till you can't. Dance till you can't. Dance no more. I hate everything you just did. <laughs> That's fine. I I was literally spending the whole time trying to think how I was going to do this. I almost sang it to the tune of I Saw the Sign. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. That's so I paid fun. the price yeah. to control the dice. I'm more precise to the point I'm nice. The music takes control of your heart and soul. Wow, that was, you're good. Yes, Jay, yes, that's it. Yeah, 100%, lock it in. Team WTF is going on, has locked it in. Team... Killer Rabbit, go ahead and talk this out. Well, well my first wait. thought was if this is fucking Bylamos again, I was gonna fucking kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, what, gonna, what happened to you? Uh, the price uh, to control the dice. Paid the price to control the dice. I'm more precise than what I'm not. Music takes control of your heart and your soul. Um, um, oh my gosh. Uh, it's a dance song. Um, Tim's laughing. Um, Wait, it, you people dance to music? They did. In the 1990s when I was oh, alive, Jesus. they did. And it's called <laughs> uh, something. Dance till you can't. How about, how about uh, Gonna Make You Sweat by CC and the Music Factory? How about that? All right, Scott. I'm I'm cool with whatever you. Whatever I'm pretty you sure I'm because I I used to dance this. I'm pretty sure it's gonna. I'm pretty sure the name of the song. Oh boy, is it gonna, gonna make you sweat? Make you sweat. Gonna make you sweat. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Team Killer Rabbit is locking in with gonna make you sweat. Team WTF is going on. What did you say here? I knew one. <laughs> I finally knew one because '90s music is my damn bread and butter uh it just took me about a minute to remember if i was if i was going to sabotage myself by thinking that the chorus line uh of the song everybody dance now was the title i'm like okay did they have two hits one was everybody dance now and the other was going to make you sweat or is it just one hit with a parenthetical i had to sit there and run the damn lyrics in my head for like a minute before i fell onto the line gonna make you sweat till you bleed oh yeah that's it it's gonna make you sweat by cnc music factory final answer and i and that was dope enough indeed <laughs> both teams gonna lock in with gonna make you sweat by cnc music factory uh team killer rabbit what were your wagers here 100 for each. And what about team WTF is going on? We said 300 for ourselves and 200 for them. All right. So both teams did finally get over two. This is going to make you sweat. Everybody dance now by CNC music factory. going to make you, uh, everybody dance now is the subtitle to that song. The parenthetical. Brittany, what happened to our scores there? 
Uh, good question. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I ha was really tempted to make the lyric for that one, just give me the music. Uh, but I uh, thought there were also only two lines to that song. And so I was trying to figure out why there were actually lyrics on the screen. So, but I'm not a 90s music expert, as anyone who has ever met me can tell you. So, uh, but both teams know more about 90s music than I do, clearly. And team WTF is going on is picking up 100 points on this one, while team Killer Rabbit is pushing their points for no gain or no loss. And we had to question two, which is in the category of give this man a movie or a miniseries, please, a history question. And this one comes thanks to Justin Moody, who submitted this question. Thanks, Justin. On March 1st, 2023, the U.S. Navy renamed the cruiser USS Chancellorsville after what enslaved African-American who hijacked the Confederate Navy's CSS planter from Charleston Harbor to deliver its crew of enslaved African-Americans and their families to freedom. This man would later go on to larger things and become a state legislator and U.S. congressman and authored state legislation to make South Carolina the first state to have free and compulsory public education. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, we're locked in. Team Killer Rabbit is locked in. Team WTF is going on. Go ahead and talk this out. Take it, Helen, because I think we essentially locked in as well about a half second after them. Yeah, it was it was very close. But I do remember this very vividly. Myself being a former military, Marine Corps flag behind me, my brother being former Navy. This was definitely uh, something we talked about, about the whole renaming, because they're renaming bases, renaming ships, that whole thing. This is uh, ship was renamed the Robert Smalls is what we said. Team WTF is going on Moxon with Robert Smalls. Team Killer Rabbit, what did you say here, and what did you wager? We also said Robert Smalls. Um, and Two hundred for us, three hundred for them. But I also want to say that it wasn't we again, it was Scott again. I'm just enjoying watching it's nice to be a it's nice to be a bystander it's a good place to be isn't it yeah it's cool it's fun this is like no pressure scott just gets everything right and I'm, i can just I know. sit here and just drinking swipe. rum directly can, out of the bottle yeah i can drink i can drink and i can swat flies i'm good <laughs> it's a good night so, so did, did, did jay just become a pirate not just my it friend is international talk like a pirate day <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Taking rum, taking rum out of the bottle. Oh, I think we all, of course, know what a pirate's favorite letter is, right? R. No, no, it's the letter of Mark they get. Oh boy, that's a really terrible joke. Oh yeah, like yours were better. I I always say, why? (laughs) Why can a pirate not say the alphabet? I don't know. They get lost at sea. I feel a lot better about so very many things all of a sudden. And thus ends the auditions to replace Brittany. Uh, Team WTF is going on. What did you wager here? Uh, 200 on ourselves, 100 on our opponents. 
Yes, this answer is Robert Smalls. Uh, once again, thank you to Justin Moody for this question. Uh, Brittany, what happened to the scores there? Yes, uh, once again, thank you, Justin, for the question. And uh, it was very fun to learn about Robert Smalls. And yes, give him a damn movie. Uh, but on that question, Team WTF is going on, picked up 100 points, where Team Killer Rabbit lost 100 points. And we enter question three with a score of 2,700 to 1,400. Our final question in section three is in the category of then what's for, which is a theater question. In 2019's Wedding Story, Adam Driver performs Being Alive at a piano bar in New York. Being Alive was first performed on Broadway in 1970 by Dean Jones in which musical by Stephen Sondheim and George Firth? We're locked in. Team Killer Rabbit locks in immediately. Team WTF is going on. Go ahead and talk this out. Um, yeah, 1970. That's pretty early Sondheim stuff. I mean... Yeah, the only thing that's popping to mind immediately are, are Sondheim shows that are definitely wrong, like Sweeney Todd and uh, Into the Woods. And uh, I think those are more recent. What about older, like, Company or something like that? I know that's older, Sondheim. Yeah, it could be. Was... Can we connect that to the hint for the category, though? Category is, what is that? Then what? Then what's for? Hmm. And four is the number spelled out. Okay. Right. Um. I mean, Adam driving leather. Yeah, theater is. I mean, if you look at my learned leaks, that theater is one of my absolute worst. If it's '80s or uh, more recent, I tend to kill it. Beyond that, yeah. big old knowledge gaps for me. So I only remember. Yeah, I said I only remember Company being Sondheim because it was asked about. I think last season, as like a one-word Sondheim thing but yeah yeah i don't know i don't know much theater so i mean like you said it's hit or miss <sighs> i can't think of anything else that well, early. let's go with company in the absence of a better answer sure all right we'll lock that in team wtf is going on locks in with company yes and team killer rabbit what did you say here it is company Team Killer Rabbit locked in with company very quickly. Uh, team WTF is going on. What was your wager here? Uh, we uh, left the 100 point for this one for ourselves, 300 for them. And what about Team Killer Rabbit? Uh, it was 300 for us and 200 for them. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, going to the clue here. If three's company, what's four? Oh, <laughs> Jay, I can see the pain in your face. <laughs> That's because she knows who wrote this clue and question. And well, except, yeah, except for the closure eyes and count, which Will had written the full thing, including the clue. I wrote all the other clues because that's, that's what I do. 
The joy has left my eyes, Brittany. I need you to see that. <laughs> but you, you got it right. Me. I have a quick a quick segue. One of my favorite Halloween costumes ever was when my uh, my good friend showed up to a Halloween party dressed as the Ropers, Mister and Mrs. <laughs> Roper. It was amazing. Both of them. Yeah, yeah. They they were a couple. And they oh, it was a couple's costume. Mr. Okay, Mister and Mrs. Roper. It was fantastic. Love it. We do uh, love it. I thought you were saying that one of your friends showed up as both of them. That would be even better. Uh, yeah. but, uh, your Victoria no. style, Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Roper. Better couples costume, Ebert and Mrs. Roper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, Brittany, what happened to the scores? Uh, well, what happened there is that WTF is going on. Lost 200 points on that one, but Team Killer Rabbit picked up 100, which means we enter round four with a score of 2,500 to 1,500 in favor of what of WTF is going on. As we head to our final section of the first half, a reminder that regardless of whether you have points or not, we will move a team on after this section. So those categories in section four are spokes candy says what which is a television question ethan allen approved which is a business question and keep it straight which is a geography question go ahead and send Brittany your final team wagers okay tim for the last time tonight i have both team sets of wagers we jump into our final section. The first question is in the category of Spokes Candy Says What? A television question. What comedian, voice of the purple M&M, writes for Late Night with Seth Meyers, wrote for A Black Lady Sketch Show, co-wrote the book for Some Like It Hot, and writes and stars in her own self-titled Late Night Talk Show on Peacock? Her show features segments like How Did We Get Here?, which covers topics like racism, sexism, politics, and erased history, and was nominated for an Emmy as well as a GLAAD Media and NAACP Image Award. Uh, we're locked in. Team Killer Rabbit is locked in. Team WTF is going on. Go ahead and talk this out. Uh, I've got half of it, but it's the wrong half. Uh, her first name is Michelle, and I cannot for the life of me pull her last name. Uh yeah um i can picture her i've seen her on late night i know exactly right. what she looks like what she sounds like i know her name but i cannot recall her name oh who is it michelle yeah who is this it's not something as basic as michelle jones is it i mean i wouldn't think so oh who is this Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to get there. Trying to think back to as I'm kind of scrolling through a couple years ago, my YouTube feed, because a lot of late night stuff would pop up. Right. You know, jokes Seth can't tell or say or whatever it is. Sure, sure. Right. Oh, God. I mean, hand to God, Jones is the best guess I have right now for the surname. Which spokes candy say what? Yeah, yeah I remember she, you know, uh, not terribly long ago got uh, brought into the M&M's campaign. Right. Yeah, it's within the last year or so. Who is it? 
I thought we were going to go to Maya Rudolph on this. And then we went to the uh, comedian whose name I can only half pull with confidence. Yeah. Um, whatever you want to go with, I'm good with. I'm not going to get there on this one. I, I genuinely don't have anything better than Michelle. Um, I'm going through the alphabet right now in my head. See if anything yeah. jogs. I'm trying to see if maybe we pull a Scott or something. Right. Hi, dog. Keep barking. You might have the answer. <laughs> there he is. Michelle. 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 <sighs> oh. Who is the voice? I can't pull anything stronger than Michelle Jones. Yeah, we'll go with that. And yeah, we're knowing it's it probably in. wrong, but yeah. Team WTF is going on locks in with. Michelle Jones. Yep. Michelle Jones. Team Killer Rabbit, what did you lock in with here? Um, well, that was fun listening to all that. Um, this is, um, uh, I don't know about you, Sam, this is one of my favorite people. Uh, I just think she's very talented, and I'm so glad she's getting more and more notice uh, in the world. I believe this is Amber Ruffin. Uh, yeah, I was... I was, yeah. uh, I could picture her. I, I know I she wrote for Seth Meyers. Yeah. As soon as you said Amber Ruffin, I was like, okay, that's it. Um, yeah. But I'm curious to know, I, I think Jay and Alan, Jay, were you thinking of Michelle Wolf? Yes. That's 100% yep. who I was oh thinking of. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's not correct. Yep. No. No. <laughs> but, but I, I'm joking, but that was actually my first thought before Scott said Amber Ruffin. So Team Killer Rabbit locks in with Amber Ruffin. What did you guys wager here? Oh God. Us? Uh for us, we this is a television we for us we did three hundred. Uh and for them we did one hundred, right? Yep. All right. And team WTF is going on. What did you wager here? Uh we put two hundred on ourselves, which, you know, great call there. Uh but at least one hundred on them. Okay, uh, so ironically, one of you said, keep talking, dog, you might get it, and Rough, Rough, Ruffin might actually I, I, I have gotten there if you had followed that train of thought. <laughs> uh, I could see Sam uh, because... going, don't stop talking! <laughs> oh, that's true, it could have been going Michelle Wolf. <laughs> but too Brittany... many lupine people in this space in comedy. But Brittany, what happened to the scores there? Because I think something interesting happened. Yeah, Tim, uh, we had a 700 point swing, if my math is correct. And by my math, I mean the sheets math and my quick addition. Because Team WTF is going on, lost 300 points here. But Team Killer Rabbit picked up 400 points, which means we now have a score of 2,200 for WTF is going on to 1900 for Killer Rabbit. And it's now a 300 point game. That is a very close game with just two questions left. So let's jump into Ethan Allen approved, which is a business question. 
What company founded in Waitsfield, Vermont in 1981 acquired the Dr. Pepper Snapple Group in 2018? Upon completion of the acquisition, the company dropped their geographic namesake, combining the name of their signature device with their new acquisition to form a new company name. And to clarify, I want the original company name. Yeah, Uh, we're locked in. Team... Killer Rabbit is locked in. Team WTF is going on. Go ahead and talk it out. Okay. So I sent Jay a guess, but bag of nothing. Um, They've got bag of nothing. So I was, let's see, uh, the new device. That's Keurig. This is Keurig Dr. Pepper. Oh, Ethan, okay. All right. Ethan Allen, Green Mountain Boys. Um, So I said, you know, uh, Green Mountain, which I know is a, a coffee company. Green Mountain Coffee Roasters is what I think they're called. And it's also or what Vermont called. kind of... Vermont is the Green from, Mountain. The green yeah. uh, Vermont means Green Mountain. Yeah. So we are going to say Green Mountain Coffee Roasters. Team WTF is going on. Locks in with the Green Mountain Coffee Roasters. Team Killer Rabbit, what did you say here? Uh, well, I have family who live in Vermont and know that Ethan Allen is certainly one of the Green Mountain, it's the, known for the Green Mountain Boys. Um, and I just, for the library, bought some Green Mountain coffee. <laughs> so uh, um, we're going with Green Mountain coffee, I believe. I mean, it's a coffee company, but I don't know if Green Mountain is all you need or Green Mountain coffee. Sam, you good? Yep, yep. I, I am rubber stamping everything that you said. <laughs> <laughs> Can I borrow that stamp when you're done? <laughs> Team Killer Rabbit locks in with Green Mountain Coffee. What did uh, WTF is going on? What did you wager here? We said 100 for ourselves and 300 for them. And what about Team Killer Rabbit? I believe we said 100 for ourselves and 200 for them. Okay. Uh, so let's walk through this one. Um, Founded in Waitsfield, Vermont, uh, they acquired the Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. They are now known as Keurig Dr. Pepper. That was mentioned. That is correct. Uh, That would be their signature device, the Keurig. Uh, They still create under this name, but it's just a line under the product. It is Green Mountain Coffee. Nice pull. Good. Yeah. Great. Great, Mm. everybody. That was good. I knew it all yeah, <laughs> there's there's some in the there's some in the kitchen. <laughs> it was so funny when you said Ethan Allen. My mind first was like, wait, what quote did he what what, what did he do? And then yeah. I was like, oh, he's a Green Mountain boy. That's more important. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like the old furniture store or something. Like right. That. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, Dude, I had a moment of panic where store. I was like, wait, Ethan Allen is the name of both, right? Like while y'all were answering, I mm. was googling to make sure I hadn't fucked up who led the Green Mountain boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. All right, Brittany, what does that do to our scores heading into the final question of the first half? Well, Tim, apropos of how this season has gone, we have that special case that happens sometimes where both teams get a question right and they both lose points. WTF is going on, lost 200 on this one. Killer Rabbit lost 100, which means, Tim, that with a 200-point difference in scores... We enter the final question with a score of 2,000 to 1,800 in favor of WTF is going on. The tension so, could not be thicker. 
Can I say something at this point? Uh, sure. I have sure. very mixed feelings about this. I would love to win. I would love <laughs> to get to the next round. But if we get to the next round, it is going to be an entire hour of Scott getting everything right and me getting everything <laughs> wrong. And I'm not sure whether I'd rather just lose now. I think Jay it's is funny feeling you that same that, Sam, way. Girl, same. Well, but here's the thing, you know, not not to disparage any player in this game, but we only play until you run out of points. So if if that it were may to not happen, be an hour, unless your wagers were absolutely perfect, it would still only last a few minutes. Like I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's, it's the nature of the game. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he appreciates the vote of confidence. So. All right. Let's head into our final question of the half in the category of keep it straight, a geography question. What narrow body of water runs between the Malay Peninsula and the island of Sumatra? Over 94,000 ships travel through this passage each year, accounting for approximately 25% of the world's traded goods. Uh, we're locked in. Team WTF is going on, has locked in for the last time as a team. Team Killer Rabbit, talk out your thoughts here. Um, I just I just threw a, I don't know if this is right. I think what got it to me is I was just, there was just a thing about this because it was uh, the busiest straight. We don't realize how much of our uh, goods and everything goes on the water. It has to go through these straits. And you kind of heard about it when a, a ship got stuck in another, this is not this strait, I don't believe, but a, a ship got stuck and like all the world's food was stuck behind this one boat. Um, I believe the one that's between Malay and Sumatra, I believe is, I don't know if it's called the Strait of Malacca or the Malacca Strait, but I'm going to go with the Malacca Strait. Team Killer Rabbit locks in with the Malacca Strait. Team WTF is going on. What did you say here? So I once wrote a geography trivia question for my pub game a couple of years back where I got absolutely lambasted by people uh, because I misread some waterway information in Southeast Asia and I mistakenly thought the Strait of Malacca extended farther west than it does and therefore like Thailand could be found on it. So this is just etched into my brain as where the Strait of Malacca is. So both teams locking in with the Strait of Malacca. Uh, team WTF is going on. What did you wager here? We said 300 on ourselves and 200 for our opponents. And what about Team Killer Rabbit? Well, my contribution to this question is to be able to read what we wagered. Um, so it's 200 <laughs> for ourselves and 300 for them. Oh, I, hopefully you're at least having fun and learning something. I'm having a great time. It's amazing. I, I, I've done no work at all this entire time. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, this is the Strait of Malacca, uh, as I understand it, um, they are actually working on some plans to be able to divert traffic so it doesn't bottleneck there because a lot of ships go through there every year, uh, nearly a hundred thousand at last count in a year. And that's 
25% of the world's goods. If, if something bottlenecks there, that's going to cripple pretty much the entire world. But this is the Strait of Malacca. Yeah, I don't remember if it was... I don't remember if it was Wendover Productions or Real Life Lore on YouTube that in the last couple of months did a piece kind of highlighting that issue that we have with international freight. Real Life Lore, not a sponsor of this podcast, but could be. Could be. (laughs) All right, Brittany, so both teams got this right. What does that do to our scores? Well, Tim, before I reveal the scores, I would like to just point out that there is a reason that these four were all champions in their own episodes. They're, they have provided just beautiful commentary, uh, tons of correct answers, and just they've been a genuine pleasure to be around for this round. So uh, just well fought the whole time, but it did come down to that last question. And team WTF is going on picked up a hundred where killer rabbit lost 100. So in a very extremely tight game, we do end round one with a score of 1700 for killer rabbit and 2100 for WTF is going on a question mark that will be coming up period. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking fucking Velma walnuts. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah wtf is going on is going on and that's not a confusing sentence at all so the team of jay and alan will move on to uh decide who is going to make our tournament of friends final team killer rabbit scott and sam you are welcome to stick around talk trash and lament on how much better you would have done in the second half and we will start that second half right after these messages Hey, trivia lovers, want to get the pub trivia experience in an interactive way? Check out Liquid Courage Entertainment. With a wide range of offerings online, LK has you covered, streaming a wide variety of trivia games on Twitch with one-of-a-kind formats like Tringo, Guestimate, Mega Sheep, and more. Or check out the World Trivia Federation. With 36 hours to answer each quiz and no obligation, the WTF is the perfect solution to scratch that trivia itch on your own time. Come see us at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or check out patreon.com slash liquid courage to join the WTF for as little as $2 a month. That's liquid courage with a K. Innovative, interactive, intoxicating. And as a reminder to our listeners, round two functions like round one, except for when one player locks in, their opponent has only 30 seconds to lock in their answer. Give a rant, give a tirade. Give a movie review, whatever you want to do. You only have 30 seconds to do it in. Uh, for, te- or for round two, we have Jay versus Alan. In each player, we've taken their points that they scored as a team, divided it in half, and rounded up. So each player will be starting round two with 1,100 points. Uh, and Sam and Scott, you are more than welcome to trash talk, to talk about how much you like these categories better than what we gave you in the first half, to talk about how much you like me better as a host than Tim, uh, whatever you want to do. Uh, but uh, we only ask that you don't say the answers out loud uh, before the players have locked in, but you're welcome to trash talk, say whatever you want. Uh, so... Uh, Tim, are you ready to get this round kicked off? I am ready. 
perfect. Am I ready to get this round kicked off? Yes, I am. So <laughs> now that I've scrolled to the right part of the questions and don't start reading you round one again. So um, oh, I know as those. <laughs> <laughs> Belmo Walnut. <laughs> okay, and as we kick off round two, our first set of categories are his winter may have been discontent in literature, a life in parts in people, and what a twist in art and architecture. Go ahead and send Tim your wagers. Sam, Scott, what do you think about these categories? Yeah, the first one sounded good. And then after that, it was like, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, Brittany, I've got both of our wagers in. Hey, Tim, thanks. Uh, so our first question is, his winter may have been discontent, a literature question. The name of Shakespeare's performing group appears in the mid 20th century version of which nursery rhyme? Fittingly, the subject of the nursery rhyme is theorized to be Richard III, especially as portrayed in Shakespeare's play of the same name. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to lock in. Oh, uh, Jay locking in with a screw it. So, uh, Alan, you have 30 seconds. Okay. Name of Shakespeare's performing group. I, you want uh, which nursery rhyme? Okay, I will guess um, Humpty Dumpty. Okay, so Alan guessing Humpty Dumpty. Jay, what did you lock in with? You know, I, I'm pretty confident it's not right because I think it's way older than the mid-20th century, but maybe just maybe the version we're familiar with was updated in the mid-20th century and it is in fact Humpty Dumpty. So you're also saying Humpty Dumpty? I am, yeah. Uh, well, uh, before we reveal if you were correct or not, Alan, what did you wager on yourself and against Jay? I wagered 300 for myself, 200 for Jay. And Jay? I did the same, actually. 300 on myself and 200 on Alan. Okay. Well, as both teams sussed out, Shakespeare's performing group was the King's Men, and all the King's Men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Um, and his <laughs> winter may have been discontent, but he had a great fall. <laughs> But um, is it is it too late to abandon ship on this entire concept? I mean, oh, um, also God. as a fun fact and one that I shared with Dana to run in Cozy Quiz tonight. Shout out to Dana for um running that so I could be here with y'all. Um, Humpty Dumpty is sometimes used as an illustration of the concept of the second law of thermodynamics because the inability of the king's men to return Humpty Dumpty to his original state is seen as a demonstration of the law of entropy. Yeah, can't unscramble the egg. And nothing ever says he's an egg, so there's Well, the... you know what? No, historically, that used to be the answer to the riddle that accompanied True. the nursery yes. rhyme. Yeah, and you are right. The original version is much older than the 20th century. Earliest appearances put it in about, like, the 1780s, 1790s. Um, but the version that we know was updated in the mid 20th century. But the important thing is this question was your chance to do the hump and nobody took it. I did think about cluing it with the Humpty hump, but, uh, I, then I thought of the terrible joke of <laughs> he had a great fall. So, uh, Tim, save them from my humor and let us know what happened with the scores there, please. Well, the most right thing you said there was that that was a terrible joke. Uh, but what happens when both 
players wager the exact same way and both get it right is they both gain the exact same amount of points. And when they're at a tie, it stays a tie as they both pick up 100. Okay. Well, but that importantly, there will be a second round now. <laughs> yes. And more importantly, Jay got a question on her own. <laughs> it's about bloody time. Well, to be fair, you did get the straight of Malacca. Yeah, nobody saw it. True. Alan waited 30 seconds in the chat and said, ooh, straight of Malacca. I'm like, yeah, sure, that one. <laughs> no, you got it first. I'll give you credit. <laughs> well, let's see who gets it first this time in a Life in Parts, a people question. What actor was appropriately in the music video for Boss of Me by They Might Be Giants? He has also played two different moonwalkers in film, as well as Zordon in the 2017 Power Rangers movie, but really is probably best known for his TV roles where his character surnames started with W. I really thought Jay was doing a Kalori crash on that last one, just the way she locked in. I, I had no thunder on that, I'll tell you. Which uh, we will be having the founder of the Kalori Crash, Sarah Kalori, on a future episode of the Tournament of Frenemies. So excited to see if she reprises that method. <laughs> Scott and Sam, how are you feeling here? I love they might be giants, but um, oh, I, I lost the thread of the question. <laughs> okay, I am going to lock in. Alan is locking in. That means, Jay, you have 30 seconds to talk this out. All right, boss of me, they might be giants. John Flansburg, John, uh, the other one. Uh, show was Malcolm in the middle, so maybe it's a Malcolm. Um, but the Moonwalkers, Malcolm, Jamal, Warner, no, his name ends with a W. Um, who played Zordon in 2017? 10 seconds. Uh, Malcolm McDowell, why not? All right, Jay locking in with Malcolm McDowell. Alan, what did you come up with? Um, I'm pretty sure Zordon in 2017 was Brian Cranston, who was the dad on Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. Um, and what, uh, Jay, what did you wager on yourself and against Alan here? Uh, 200 for me, 100 against Alan. And Alan? <laughs> exactly the same. 200 for me, 100 for Jay. And Sam or Scott, did either of this, did either of you hit on? Yeah, this I all? I didn't. Sorry. Yeah, as soon as uh, uh, I I I lost it when you were reading it, but as soon as I could see the question, Brian Cranston came to mind for me as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it is in fact Brian Cranston. Uh, the clue there, a life in parts, is the title of his autobiography. That's right. Um. But yeah, it, he was the dad in Malcolm in the Middle, and his last name on that show was, I believe, Wilkerson, as was revealed in the final episode. He was also mm. Walter White on Breaking Walter Bad. White. It may have been like Wilkinson or something. I didn't mm. watch the show. Jay, you sound like you have opinions. Yeah, because they didn't canonically establish the surname. There, there was a pilot episode moment where you saw a name on a badge that wasn't can that wasn't canon and they kind of scrubbed it the entire writing concept of the show was they were like the every family so you never knew their last name because that would attach like uh, a history and an ethnicity to them and yeah there was a quick glimpse 
of something at the graduation scene that harkened back to that pilot. So I guess you can say the closest thing to a canonical last name in that show is Wilkerson or Wilkinson or whatever, but eh, is where I'm going to land. I will say <laughs> when I looked it up for when I originally ran this question, I did check that and it did say it was considered a canon last name, even eh. though it was referenced very little. <laughs> but, you know, I I accept your argument there. Is it really um, canon if it didn't come from the fourth century Catholic Church, though? <laughs> I mean, it figures you'd bring that up. So <laughs> it's the spirit of the question, Jay. <laughs> um, but that does mean Alan is picking up uh, credit for that one where Jay missed the question. So Tim, I know they wagered exactly the same on each other, but what did that do? And apparently we're referencing like really obscure films when we talk about walking on the moon because he was in he played paramedic number one in amazon women on the moon no that's oh he okay. played, played two different astronauts in film tim like in that thing you do he was gus grissom oh. <laughs> like okay he, he portrayed actual and he played buzz aldrin in something else like oh, people who oh. have walked on the moon oh I wasn't referencing paramedic number one from Amazon. <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is technically he's played three moonwalkers. We have to throw the whole thing out. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, he played he he voiced Buzz Aldrin in Magnificent Desolation, Walking on the Moon 3D, which is a documentary film. Okay. I think my museum had that on IMAX. Uh, but as for what that did for the scores, uh Jay is going to lose 300. Alan's going to pick up 300 on that one. Uh, so we head to question number three with a 600 point difference. And Scott, I think you were trying to say something there. If you want to. Yeah, Gus Grissom didn't walk on the moon. He was one of the three astronauts killed in the, in when the 1967, when the Apollo one burned, he was one of those three astronauts with Ed White. Furthering Jay's point, you need to throw out the entire question. Well, that's okay well, because we're gonna of, move on. Well, because of paramedic number one, we're we're back down to two now. So I think it actually works. <laughs> the out. question, the question, still right? Wash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the math really worked in my favor on that one that I wasn't intending to do, but still did correctly. So <laughs> it's like the show your work where your work is completely wrong, but you still got to the right answer. Partial, but uh, you know. Leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app <laughs> and uh, know that we are all humans and we all make mistakes, but uh, sometimes we're still right through our mistakes. And uh, speaking about right through mistakes, let's go to question three, shall we? <laughs> In what a twist, an art and architecture question. Leavenworth, Washington and Frankenmuth, Michigan are two of a handful of cities in the United States that have what specific theme? Frankenmuth gets its nickname from the heritage of the founders, while Leavenworth was themed as such to revive the dying town. I'm locked in. Jay locked in. So, Alan, you have 30 seconds to talk it out starting now. Okay. Leavenworth, Frankenmuth, Michigan. Specifically from the heritage, while Leavenworth was themed as such to revive. <clears throat> like, how specific do we want to go here? I think I know what these are. Um, I will say like a European village theme. And if I need to be more specific, I can. 
I'm going to say you need to be more specific. Okay, so I will say uh, Bavarian-themed villages. Okay, Alan locking in with Bavarian-themed village, or villages. Uh, Jay, what did you come up with? Oh, I saw what a twist thought Dickens and then said locked in, hoping that 30 seconds wasn't enough for Alan to get the damn points. Um, oh, so you're saying Dickens? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Jay going with Dickens, Alan going with Bavarian, Scott and Sam, I think you both had some thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I, I knew, I knew it was something weird like Bavarian or German, but I, I, I kind of, I went with Bavarian. Uh, well, what a twist, uh, while could be reference to Dickens, was in fact referencing a pretzel. Pretzel. Um, and if you know the giant Bavarian pretzels that you can get that are delicious, um, in Leavenworth or Frankenmuth, as I've been informed, it's pronounced. Uh, but before we talk about that, Alan, what did you wager on yourself and against Jay here? I wagered 100 on myself and 300 for Jay. And uh, Jay? Oh, I wagered 300 against Alan and 100 on myself. Okay. Uh, so you both wagered the exact same way on each other. Yep. Um, beautiful. Uh, Tim, what did that do to our scores? Oh, it was a good round for Alan, who swept the entire section. Uh, we end with an 800 point swing on that final question jay is going to enter the second section with 500 and alan will have 1900. god i'm impressed i even have 500. i i, I feel for you jay I, I felt like uh, uh i wouldn't even have that i would be around my round with scott would have already been over <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately i got lucky which is why i'm currently unlucky well, let's see how this next section shakes out for you as we go into the next categories, which are animated shorts and television, anything but the metric system in math, and smasher pass in sports. Brittany, let's kick off section two. I've got the wagers. Perfect, Tim. Thanks. So your first question in section two is animated shorts in television. Jojo is the middle name of what character who made their debut in 1987 and has been voiced by the same person in television shows, advertising, and merchandising ever since? Locked in. Jay is locked in. Alan, you have 30 seconds to think this through. Jojo, 1987. <sighs> voiced by the same person in TV shows, advertising. Yeah, I don't even have anything. All I keep thinking about is here, Jojo. I think Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, but I know that's not right. So I don't have anything. Uh, so passing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alan is passing. Jay, what did you come up with here very immediately? I'm Bartholomew Jojo Simpson. Who the hell are you? Ah, uh, motherfucker. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, well, uh, you might be able to tell from the reactions what the correct answer is, but before we officially reveal it, Jay, what did you wager on yourself and against Alan here? Uh, 200 on each side of the coin. Okay, and Alan? Yeah, same. I dropped deuces on both sides. Okay, well, um, yeah, uh, Scott and Sam, are y'all Simpsons people? 
Yeah, I've been watching The Simpsons since that debut episode in 1987. I watched it when it was on the Tracy Ullman show. I watched it right from the beginning. And oh, wow. so, yep, knew that it was Bart. Not not to make you feel old, Scott, but oh. I made my debut in 1987. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was just talking with a separate group earlier about how I technically beat the premiere of The Simpsons by a month. Uh, um. <laughs> Tim, I can probably tell you if you give me the date of your birth exactly what I was doing the day you were born. <laughs> oh, jeez, Daddy? I knew we wore the, uh, oh. the t-shirts for a reason. Start, starting the uh, Frenemy Trivia after show of you are not the father. <laughs> hey, save it for the Patreon bonus. Yeah. Uh, well, the category, I think Bart Simpson says eat my shorts. I don't know. But he has shorts on and he's animated. I've ever heard. I... Cowabunga. Yeah. He, he uh, does say eat my shorts, right? I'm not. He does. Okay. He very, very much does. Okay. Your, well, your insecurity you know... on it is the most Britney thing I know you for. Yes. Uh, but that being said, Jay instantly locking in Bart Simpson was the correct move. Uh, and Tim, what did that do to our scores? That gave us an 800 point swing in Jay's favor. Uh, she closes the gap to 15 to 900, 1500 to 900. Okay. Well, excellent. Let's go into question two then, which is anything but the metric system in math. If you take the number of named dwarf planets accepted by the IAU and multiply that by the number of teaspoons in a tablespoon, the result will be what number? Your product should be a triangular number, also equivalent to the number of pancakes you and two friends would get if you each ordered a silver dollar pancake special at IHOP. Believe it or not, locked in. Uh, Jay has locked in on a math question. Alan, <laughs> you have 30 seconds to talk it out. Silver dollar pancake special... You and two friends, so it's three people. I think it's five pancakes, so three times five, I'll say 15. Okay, Alan is saying 15. Jay, what did you come up with? Yeah, one, three, six, ten, fifteen is a triangular number. Fifteen as well. Let's get some other numbers from you, and those numbers being your wager. We'll start with Alan. What did you wager here for yourself and for Jay? Uh, knowing that I have... I am not very good at math, and Jay is probably better. I bet 100 both sides. Okay, and Jay, what about you? Knowing that my math skills in the trivial world are frequently cursed against uh, as, as a <laughs> meme at this point, um, 300 on both sides. All right, and both teams uh, saying 15 on that one. And yes, uh, the number of named dwarf planets accepted by the IAU is 5 per NASA's website, so I'm going to trust them. There are some others that are kind of fit the definition but haven't been officially accepted. Those five dwarf planets are Ceres, Pluto, Makemake, Haumea, and Eris um, are the five dwarf planets. There are three teaspoons in a tablespoon, and if you take two friends with you to IHOP and you each order a silver five combo, you will get five silver dollar pancakes times three people, which is 15, and as Jay eloquently pointed out in her recap, 15 is a triangular number. So both teams getting credit for that one. And Tim, I think I did the math on the scores correctly there in that 
they both wagered the same on each other and both got it right, which is to say, or no, they both wagered the same on themselves as each other, which means they both pushed their points and we have no change in score. That is correct. Uh, everything stays the same. It's still 1,500 to 900. And might I add something uh, for fear of um, revealing a weakness? Uh, you, you hit my weak point because the math <laughs> totally eluded me there. And Sam got that one right. So if we were head to head, Sam would have beaten me easily on that question. <laughs> it's our time to shine, Sam. Yeah. So I would have, I would have only been down 1,200 points. It would have been awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's see how this final question of the section plays out in Smasher Pass, a sports question. Colossal Tussle was nearly the name of what annual event? It's a good thing they renamed it as it probably wouldn't have lasted long enough to see the likes of Bad Bunny, George Kittle, or KSI in April 2023. Locked in. Alan is locked in. That means, uh, Jay, you have 30 seconds to talk this out. See, I'm trying to remember because I didn't watch both nights of WrestleMania in 2023. And I know Bad Bunny has been associated uh, with WWE recently. Were KSI and George Kittle involved there? I know they've had pro wrestler or uh, pro football players before. And Colossal Tussle does seem like that would be a really terrible name for the idea. But I don't have anything else. So, yeah, I'm good with WrestleMania. Okay, Jay, locking in WrestleMania. Uh, Alan, what was your thought process and what did you lock in with, even though you locked in very quickly? So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, definitely WrestleMania. That's the big event in April. Uh, Bad Bunny was definitely there with uh, Damian Priest. George Kittle is big, big wrestling fan. He shows up all the time. And KSI is with um, Logan Paul, I think, and he definitely made an appearance at WrestleMania. So, yeah, definitely WrestleMania. Uh, well, uh Scott or Sam, did I did this hit either of you in your sports knowledge? It, it will not surprise you to know that Scott got it immediately, and I would have gotten it wrong. <laughs> and, and yet I'm uh, proud well, to say I've never seen a single second of WrestleMania. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's an event in and of itself. I think I watched Snoop Dogg punch The Miz in the face this year, yep. and that's about what I caught of it. Um, but... Yeah, that is, in fact, WrestleMania, or as it could have been called, Colossal Tussle. And as I would like to point out, it could be called Smasher Pass. Okay, well, while Tim figures that out, I'll do the rest of the part that I'm supposed to do and uh, ask, hey, uh, Alan, what did you wager on yourself and against Jay here? Uh, the only thing I had left was 300 on each. And Jay? Uh, I had 100 apiece on both sides. Okay. Well, both teams did pick this one up. Both teams pushed their wagers. Oh, wait, um, I get a teammate in this? It teams of one and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my entire <laughs> ass, Brittany, my entire <laughs> ass. So it may surprise you to know that Colossal Tussle is actually what Vince McMahon wanted to call what became WrestleMania. Oh, knowing the names he's tried to give uh, pro wrestlers. Yeah, that's on brand. Um, but once again, we had a push all the way through. So we enter section three with Alan having 1500 and Jay having 900. Okay. Well, that means uh, both players will at least get to hear all three categories. Let's get into the next section with our three categories, which are now what do I want? In advertising, 
drawing a blank in television and, well, he'd know in literature. Go ahead and send him your wagers. The number of times I have to, like, go back to the categories and go, what did she write this about? <laughs> I mean, you could write your own clue categories, Tim. <laughs> I could. But then what would I do here? All I do is puns. Puns, puns, no matter what. All right, Brittany, I do have all the wagers in. Okay, thanks, Tim. Uh, so your first question in this section is, now what do I want in advertising? Born in 1994 and dying at the age of 15, Gidget was the name of the mascot for what company? She made her debut in 1997 and even played Bruiser's mom in the 2003 film Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. Locked in. Jay's locked in. Alan, you have 30 seconds. Beat me by a second. 94, age of 15. Uh, yeah, Bruiser. Okay, this is uh, what company? Taco Bell. Okay, Alan Lucking and Taco Bell. Jay, what did you come up with here? Yeah, Gidget was the uh, Chihuahua mascot in the 90s and 2000s for Taco Bell. Okay. And, and I apt hear a background dog. audio <laughs> yes. is apt. Yes. Sam, I think your dog knows the answer. Yeah, he, he caros Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we reveal the answers, Jay, what did you wager on yourself and against Alan here? Well, I hoped for 200 for myself and I hoped against 300 for Alan. And Alan? I said 100 for myself and 300 for Jay. Okay. Well, as both teams figured out very quickly, or both players even, uh, you know, you're a team of one. I don't know. Both players figured out uh, that, now what do I want? Or, yo, yo quiero Taco Bell. Uh, this is the Taco Bell mascot, Gidget. I didn't realize... It, it's kind of funny but that you mentioned uh, Red, White, and Blonde, because in the first movie... Where when Elle is like in her workout montage of learning things on the TV, Bruiser is watching Gidget do a Taco Bell commercial. Very meta. Very meta. Yeah, uh, th that that's that is a fun fact. Mm -hmm. uh, also fun. This question played slightly better for Jay, who only lost one hundred here, while Alan did drop two hundred. Okay, closing that gap up more. Uh, so that brings us to drawing a blank in television. Rhode Island Red was the college roommate and rival of what cartoon character? First introduced in 1946 and voiced by Mel Blanc, this character was directly inspired by a fictional Southern senator on Fred Allen's radio show. Locking it again. Jay's locked in. Alan, you have 30 seconds. Uh, I, w I said, I said, I, I think this is Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alan locking in with a passable imitation of Foghorn Leghorn. Jay, what did you come really? up with? Oh, I think it's Foghorn Leghorn, too, but I'm trying really hard to keep Alan on tilt because I think <laughs> that's my shot at not being embarrassed. Okay. Well, uh, Sam and Scott, did this hit your wheelhouses at all? Yeah, well, to be specific, yeah, that was... I believe it's Foghorn J. Leghorn is his name, I believe. Good old Jojo Leghorn, right? <laughs> Jojo's bizarre leghorns. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, Alan, what did you wager on yourself and against Jay here? 
I said 300 on myself, 200 for Jay. And Jay? Second verse, same as the first, 300 and 200. Okay. Well, uh, both players are getting this correct because this is, in fact, Foghorn Leghorn and his southern drawl. Yeah, they didn't even try to hide the fact that it was like a send-up of this character because the character on Fred Allen's show is Senator Cleghorn. Like, they just <laughs> dropped the C. <laughs> Look, you just changed the work a little bit and then it's not copying. Uh, but both teams are going to, uh, both players are going to add 100 on this one as we head to our final question in Section 3. And that means both players will hear Section 4, I believe. So, uh, your last question in Section 3 are, well, he'd know in literature. Turn On Boot Up Jack In was the reworked version of Turn On Tune In Drop Out by what American psychologist and author who proclaimed the PC is the LSD of the 1990s? All right, I gave Alan two seconds. I'll lock in. Okay, Jay is locked in. Alan, you have 30 seconds. Yeah, turn on, tune in, drop out. What American psychologist and author? I'm, I only associate that with uh, Timothy Leary, so that's what I'll say. Okay, Alan saying Timothy Leary. Jay, what did you come up with? I, it's going to sound redundant, but uh, yeah, no, that's Dr. Timothy Leary. I think both uh, Sam and Scott also knew that one. Of course, Scott's a, a librarian, so literature. <laughs> yes, we we carry a lot of <laughs> Timothy Leary books in the library. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you could have a very robust they're, library. They're in a special section in the back, in the, in the dark back corner. Just yeah. need the one, really. Mm-hmm. Just need the one. <laughs> okay, well... Alan, what did you wager on yourself and against Jay here? Uh, 200 for myself, 100 for Jay. And Jay? Uh, 100 on both ends. Okay. Well, uh, both players getting this one right. This was, in fact, Timothy Leary, the LSD guy. And both players swept that section, which means that they start Right, or they finish right where they started. It is 1500 for Alan to 900 for Jay as we head into our final three questions of the night. Okay. Well, Jay, did you ever think you would make it this far? Oh, God. I thought I was done in the first round. Well, the Simpsons to- have saved me here. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I knew that if you could make it to that second round, there was a chance of you turning it around. We have, been, we have been head to head, I think, pretty much since that yeah. question. Yeah. But I also knew that if you didn't make it to round two in the head-to-head, your big theory... Mad. Oh, yeah, big mad if there was a Simpsons in a math question <laughs> that you were not. And a WrestleMania question. Well, yeah, true. That, you know, it's it's less what I associate you with, though. So, I mean, to be fair, I guess I did I was at, at CM Punk versus John Cena, Money in the Bank 2011. Oh. It was beautiful. But you oh, couldn't man. see half the show. All right, round four. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, round four. Your categories are Woodhouse of Fashion in Movies, Not Great in Music, and Party Time in History. Go ahead and send him your wagers for the last time tonight and potentially of the season for one player. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Tim. For the last time tonight, and for the last time for the season for one of these players, 
I have their wagers. It's a little bittersweet, to be honest, but, you know, let's kick it off with Woodhouse of Fashion in Movies. What first name is shared by the two top-billed performers in Disney's Cruella? It is worth noting that the younger of the two uses the name professionally, while the older was born with it. Oh, locked in. Uh, Jay is locked in. That means, Alan, you have 30 seconds starting now. Top two-billed performers. Oh, okay. Now the category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is Emma. Okay, Alan locking in with Emma. Jay, uh, what was your thought process and what did you lock in with? I feel like my thought process was exactly what I heard come out of Alan during his thought processes. <laughs> okay, Cruella. All right, so that's Emma, but how does the category... Oh, that's how the category fits. Uh, yeah, it's Emma. Okay, both teams saying Emma. Uh, Scott and Sam, any thoughts on this one? I drove off the road on this one. I, 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 all I heard was Corella and all I heard was Glenn Close in my head, and I said Glenn, which isn't right at all. Yeah, I, I would have thought because she was in 101 Dalmatians, but, but the new movie, or not new, but the most recent movie, Corella, was on a stone. So that was Emma. I had Emma. Sam, 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 another one. Sam would have got me again when it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> well, that's when it's easier to answer questions. You've both been on Jeopardy. You know this. It's a lot easier to play from your couch than it is to, from the stage. So, um, but Tim, stay quiet for a little bit longer. Jay, what did you wager on yourself here and against Alan? This this may very well be where I don't have a chance to come back because I only put a hundred of myself and I put three hundred against Alan on this. And uh, Alan. I dropped deuces on both sides. Okay. Well, it is, in fact, Emma. Emma Stone's first name is Emily, but she acts under the name of Emma Stone and probably just goes by Emma Stone, to be honest, but her birth name was Emily. But Emma Thompson, as far as I can tell, was born Emma Thompson. And she is now Dame Emma Thompson. So. Yeah, rightly so, yeah. Rightly so. Can I talk now? Yeah, I'll let you. Why, why don't you say the numbers bit? Alan pushed his points while Jay lost 200 here. It's worth mentioning. Jay, you can still win if Alan happens to trip up anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still anyone's game. It's not over till it's over. I'm not saying I'm pulling for one side or the other. I'm just trying to not let Jay give up. Oh, I've got well, a bottle is, of rum. I'm doing Jim. great. Tim, mathematically, is there any chance of me winning? No. <laughs> uh, carry, carry the one. As Jay, the designated survivor of this episode, there's always a chance. If, if there's a zombie apocalypse in the other states and I'm the only one left, there's a chance? Okay. Yeah, in case they forget Connecticut exists. <laughs> if one of us isn't able to fulfill our duties as Miss America, <laughs> then yeah. I, I will be first runner-up. I happily accept that. All right. Well, that does bring us to question two, which is not great in music. The lyrics of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch is not the first time what actor who narrated the 1966 How the Grinch Stole Christmas and voiced the titular character was referred to as a monster. Locked in. Jay is locked in emphatically. Alan, you have 30 seconds. It's Boris Karloff. Didn't need the 30 seconds. Jay, what did you come up with? Uh, the fact that I should have waited more than two seconds to think. 
because I'm wrong. Because I Pavlov'd a thorough Ravenscroft. That's who sings the song. I know. I know. And uh, Alan, what did you wager on yourself and against Jay here? Uh, in retrospect, not enough. I bet a hundred on both sides. And... Oh, I got you, fam. Don't worry. <laughs> I bet three hundred on myself and two hundred on Alan. Oh. Um. Well, I guess the monster is me. I don't know. Uh. Yeah. Thurl Ravenscroft did sing the song. He was also the voice of Tony the Tiger, who was great. But um, not great is uh, Boris Karloff, who was the other voice. And uh, Tim, you know, we're not going to say if Jay is mathematically out yet. We'll keep it a surprise. But what happened with the scores? I mean, Jay is not out of points. Uh, <laughs> Jay, Jay is clinging to life with 200. Alan has 1,700. We had a 700 point swing heading into the final question. Okay. I, and I have to well, admit, I did exactly what Jay did. I, I Pavloved it right to the right. I knew because I, I knew Tony was going to be part of it and all that. And I did what you did, Jay. Absolutely. I, I had I, that I, name I, dialed in from the category title. And I'm like, okay, yeah. this is either going to be your mean one, Mr. Grinch, or Thurl Ravenscroft. Just right. wait for which half and say it and put Alan on the ropes and hope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. But as soon as I saw, yeah, I knew it was Karloff. Yeah. No, sometimes Pavlovs don't pay off for us. I okay. really don't. But you grow to love them. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so uh, our last question of the, the game and of the inaugural round of the Tournament of Frenemies is this in party time a history question what president was the last to serve from the whig party after he left the white house in 1853 and the whig party collapsed he would join the know nothing party and attempt another run for the office in 1856 managing eight electoral votes i'm locked in alan is locked in which means jay this next 30 seconds is yours Cool. This is the spot in the presidential succession uh, history that I get weird because 16 was Lincoln, 15 was Buchanan, so it was 14. Moving forward, it's uh, Harrison at nine, then Tyler, his accidency at 10. But then I have to remember if it's Taylor or Polk uh, or uh, Fillmore. And I think it wasn't Taylor because he was 12. Uh, so it's either Polk or Fillmore. Let's say... Fillmore. Okay. Jay saying Fillmore. Alan, you locked in relatively quickly. What did you come up with? I uh, just one of those things playing trivia last wig president is Millard Fillmore. And uh Scott or Sam? It's absolutely Millard Fillmore, but it's a th he was the thirteenth president. Pierce is the fourteenth. Right. Uh, oh. I'd also like to say at this point yeah. that I have known most of these questions, not that it matters. <laughs> Um, so you can all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> and and Jay, Jay, it was funny that you did that. That's exactly where I have trouble with the presidential line of succession. I was like, there, no, there were five yeah. in there, Polk, Tyler, Taylor. They're all sort of interchangeable yep. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. First 10, I'm good. 15, basically the, to the end, I'm good. All the others without it's thinking 10, about it. 10 for to that 15 is part. where people have trouble, yeah. Well... Um, neither of you have too much trouble with that one. 
Uh, but let's see if you had trouble with your wagers because you only had one option left. But what did you use on this one, um, Jay? Uh, okay, so I bet 9 million points on me okay. uh, and 100 points on Alan, except my 9 million is rounded down to 200. Okay, and uh, Alan? Okay, I bet 9 million and one on myself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's uh, 300 on both sides. Okay. Well, Tim, for the final time this uh, game, would you please update us on the state of the scores? Sure thing. Jay did pick up a final 100 points while Alan pushed his points. We end tonight's game. Alan victorious with 1,700 to Jay's 300. Well, well done. GG, well Alan. All players. Yes. Good, good game, everybody. So Very that, good game. So we have reached the end of our game, and Alan, you are our best frenemy for this week, and we'll be moving on to the Tournament of Frenemies final. Alan, how do you feel? Um, I feel okay. Tired. Any thoughts or opinions you care to share? Uh, that I care to share? No. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, well... Uh, thank you so much for being here and congratulations on your victory. Before you go, we would like to give you the chance to shout out anything you would like to plug. Absolutely. Like I always say, adopt, don't shop unless for some reason you're allergic or whatever. But um, so, yeah, adopt. Uh, if not, support your local animal shelter. They can definitely use the help. Always a great shout out. Uh, Jay, you are our runner up. Very well played throughout the night. You put up quite a fight. Uh, if you would like to share any thoughts or opinions or how you're feeling right now. Uh, my thoughts are I did not belong in that final. Alan absolutely earned that win, and you are my candidate in the next round, my friend. Very well played, very well-deserved victory. And Tim and Brittany eat my entire ass. <laughs> waiting for that one. Um, <laughs> uh, but Jay, before you go, we would like to give you the chance to plug anything you would like to plug. Uh, everybody knows who I am and what I do at this point. So, uh, support your local, uh, public school teachers. Uh, it's ridiculous how much everybody expects them to work outside of hours and pay out of pocket without reimbursement. Uh, these people bleed for your children, uh, and they only want to make the world better through educating youth. So buy, buy a teacher, a bottle of wine. And a bunch of supplies and a vacation. Uh, a message we fully endorse here at Frenemy Trivia. Support your local public school teachers. I mean, teachers in general, but especially public school teachers. Um, and uh, going over to our runners up. Uh, Sam, how you feeling? How, how you doing? You got any thoughts or opinions? Uh, yeah, this has been horrible. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this has been awesome. I loved, I, I loved it. I mean, I know I, I, I didn't like. I rode on Scott's coattails the whole time, and then, uh, but, uh, but I had a great time. It was, it, it was awesome. I'm, I'm uh, very happy to be a part of this, and, and uh, would love to come back sometime and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, but no, thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, uh, I'm supposed to plug something, right? Um, uh, yeah, I was gonna say I you to. also have um, to plug anything you would like to plug. Yeah, I wanted to uh, I wanted to point out the um, uh, 
the the new avant-garde fashion of hottest British designer uh, Velma Walnuts, um, <laughs> whatever her name was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, I'm joking, but all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I, I actually did want to put in a plug for um, the Second Harvest Food Bank, um, shfb.org. Does a lot of great work in here in Silicon Valley, um, supporting people who um, are you know dealing with poverty and homelessness and, and need, need uh, healthy meals. And they focus a lot on making sure kids are getting the nutrition they need. And, and uh, so check out sfhb.org. Uh, but again, thanks oh, for having absolutely. me. Absolutely. Of course. And thank you for being here. Um, and Scott, what are your thoughts and opinions on tonight and how you feeling about everything? Did you have fun? I well, I absolutely had fun. This is I just love this format, as we all know. I just think this is great, and you got to have me back because I, I need some revenge here because this was a it was a tough night for us. But uh, we uh, damn that Vivian Westwood. God, five more seconds, man. I would have had it, man. I don't understand. Uh, and I, I, like I said, as an absolutely fabulous lifelong fan, that is really hurting me, and it may last forever. I may never be able to watch the show again. That's how bad it was. Um, but no, seriously, it was fun. I congratulations to the winners. You guys were awesome. It was really a great contest, and I uh, hope you do well in the next part of this whole thing. So uh, uh, keep me in mind for the next thing. Uh, but Scott, we would like to give you a chance to plug anything before you go as well, if you have anything. Sure. Uh, well, uh, as I've mentioned before, I am the director of the Derby Public Library in Derby, Connecticut. We have a lot of great programs and things, and I, we also have things that are online that people can access too. So uh, uh, support your local library. If you if you don't support mine, please support your local libraries. It's really important now more than ever. Uh, libraries are free for everyone, and they provide information and access to to services and uh, and uh, knowledge that uh, that you know people need in this world. Okay. Well, absolutely. Uh, endorse all of the messages tonight that we've heard. Uh, some really great shout outs. Uh, Tim, before we go, uh, did you have fun tonight? What did you think about how our first round of the Tournament of Frenemies went? I thought it was great. I'm looking forward to the rest of the matchups where we determine who Alan's going to take on because this is a, a ton of fun. Absolutely. Um, and I also had a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to see how the rest of this tournament plays out but that will do it for us here at frenemy trivia make sure to follow us at frenemy trivia on facebook x instagram and threads and blue sky to find us and our sister shows pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology as well as our community pages and patreon check us out at ptebb.com even if you can't support us financially, which we understand, you can always support us by subscribing and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app or your least favorite podcast app because we're there too. So if you would like to be on any of our shows, go to ptebb.com slash appearance request. For Frenemy Trivia, I've been Brittany. I've been Tim. I've been Jay. I've been Scott. I've been Sam. And I'm still Alan. And we will see you next week.